You're listening to a podcast from Grace Church in Salado, Texas. For more information and resources just like this, visit us online at gracesalado.com. The Christian calendar designates about four to five Sundays every year to set aside for the memory and the celebration of the gift of redemption. That's what this is. The actions of God coming to us to live the life that we could not live, to take on the death that we deserve to die. And he did all that to justify the Father dispensing and giving us grace that we did not deserve. An Advent season is the season that we set aside to remember this. It's a time that we remember the prophecies and the promises that were said about the coming Savior. The prophecies that were proclaimed about the gift of redemption that was coming. It's also a time for us to consider the warnings. That, it, that if you make light of this gift, if you don't take seriously what Christ has done, or you blow it off, or you ignore the work of Christ and what he's done, then you demean the grace of God. Advent season is a time for encouragement, a time for expectation, a time for us to remember the promise of His coming. The term Advent literally means coming. And so it's scheduled to help us remember the anticipation of the gift of Christ's coming, the Messiah's coming, the Savior's coming to us to redeem His people. And this is the news we've been looking at the past six weeks or so when we've looked at the copy of Paul's letter to the Philippians. Last week we looked at Jesus released the form of God to take on the form of a servant, a human servant. So naturally Advent season is us pushing the Paul's button as we meditate on the humility of Christ and how it benefits us. So during Advent, we usually do that. We remember the humility of Christ coming to us and we reflect on this sweet, fragile baby boy in a manger. It's a cute, wonderful story. Historically, churches um, like to sing of and tell the story of the nice, peaceful image of the baby Jesus in the manger with animals around who aren't causing a fuss like animals always do right they're just always still always quiet placed in the manger swaddled up in this nice silent night and though that's true and though we should reflect on that and we're going to reflect on that a little bit today advent really is about celebrating and remembering the announcement the announcement made about Christ, the announcement not just about a swaddled little boy, but announcement of his exaltation. And so we're going to look at that today. These, there's really three announcements we're going to look at today. We're going to look at the announcement of a humiliating birth, and we're going to look at the announcement of the majesty of Christ, and then I have an announcement that I will add to this. 
So let's look at the first one, the announcement of a humiliating birth. Last week we looked at Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. I want us to go back there. Just to remember, or if you weren't here with us last week and you couldn't hear it online, uh, we're going to read it together because this actually sets up the text that Rob and Audrey read earlier today. Chapter 2, verse 5 begins this way. Adopt, of uh, Philippians, adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on the cross. We see that this is the announcement that Paul is making to a church after the event of what Christ has done. This is, he's like saying to them, I'm announcing to you the humiliation of Christ. I'm announcing to you what the Son of God did. Then we look at this humiliation and we go back to a, a, a story, an announcement in Luke chapter 2. In Luke chapter 2, we're familiar with this story. Every time we get to Advent season, we see in verse 8, Luke chapter 2, this announcement. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they, the shepherds, were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. A few things that are odd in this announcement. One of them, it's odd that one angel of the Lord came and made the announcement and it terrified the lowly shepherds. So it's somewhat humiliating that this greatest news that's being distributed is distributed to unknown boys out in a field caring for animals. This didn't come in the middle of Times Square. This came out in the middle of nowhere. One angel came with the news, declared it, terrified them. This amazing news. It's odd. It's not how I would do it. That's how he did it. But the humbling part of this, or the humiliating part of this, is this is the announcement of the Messiah. Advent, the coming. People have been waiting for this announcement for a long time. They're looking for it everywhere. This is the announcement of he's coming, and the angel tells the shepherds he's coming, and you'll find him where? In a manger. Certain ways you can break down what the word manger means. One way to break it down is it simply means the chewing place. 
This is the place where the food for animals is. So, how many of you have pets? Dogs? Anybody? Okay. How many of you feed your dogs? Every hand should stay up. Okay. Your hand should not fall down. If you have a dog, you feed that dog, even if you clean it, you feed it dry food or you feed it the moist, wet food or whatever you feed it, whatever you put in that bowl, have you ever looked in that bowl after the dog is done with his or her work? Okay, there's like some remnants of the food. It's kind of sloppy. It looks greasy. It's like got tongue laps, you know, all around it. And you're like, this is pretty gross. This is a manger. That's what it is. A place where the animals have come and slopped up what was theirs, given by somebody else. And the animals don't, like us, hopefully when you have lunch today, you're going to wipe the table off, you're going to clean the dishes off, you're going to put them in the right place. Animals don't do that. They slop it up, they walk away, and they go do what animals do after that. This announcement, an angel to lowly shepherds, saying you'll find this king, this Messiah, this Savior, you'll find him in a slop bucket. It's an announcement of a humiliating birth. The angel doesn't seem too depressed by it, though. We'll get to that in a minute. And then we have the announcement that the Walters read in Matthew 1, where we read that this Messiah was in the form of God. This Messiah was born to earth, and he came to a mom and dad that no one knew. Isn't that interesting? No royalty. No prestige, no upper class, no like people of influence. And like, if we're going to make a difference, we have to we have to really know who the president is, or the mayor, or the governor. We got to like be in with the right people. No, we don't see any of that here. The announcement, the greatest announcement of all time, comes to humble young girl, hardworking man who nobody knew. This is indeed an announcement of humility because the people involved to carry the message was Joseph, Mary, and shepherds. This Emmanuel, this God with us, humbled himself, took on the nature of humanity, and not just humanity, but the lowest of humanity. And he came to be with us. So part of the humiliation of Christ is that he gave up the royal heavenly dwelling to be unrecognizable, to be swaddled up, and to be placed in a slop bucket in a poor family. And while all three texts announce the gospel, which is they announce the plan, they announce the message, they announce the purpose of this baby, they all announce his humility. The royal God coming to us. These announce the humiliation and the humility, but they also fully, I believe, announce and declare something else. And that's his majesty. How can you make an announcement of a baby and make him born in a slop bucket, but at the same time declare that he's royal and majestic? These three announcements do just that, the the announcement of the majesty of Christ. We see it. Let's look at again at the text in Luke. 
In Luke, we see this announcement. They are proclaiming the proclaimers. The proclaimer is an angel. This, I would think, is a pretty good sign of royalty. Who told you you were having a baby? Probably wasn't an angel. You may think that your doctor was an angel. It wasn't an angel. An angel declares to the shepherds. It's followed after the announcement. One angel comes, gives the news. They're terrified just by the one angel. Just by the one angel, it says the presence of the glory of God came across that place. One angel. And then after the announcement came what? A host of angels. You imagine the reverberation of that land, of the, the ground, of the sheep. I mean, even the sheep were probably like, oh, wow. You know what I mean? It was like amazing, majestic scene of an explosion of praise. In the same moment, an announcement of humility with God announcing through angels, glory to God in the highest of heaven. Then after the announcement of the news, the explosion of praise happens, and God announces through the angels, there will be peace on earth. Who can make that announcement? Can you? Can you wake up in the morning after watching news all night and being frustrated, walk out in the neighborhood and go, you know what? I declare peace on earth. And just walk away. I mean, we can't do that. There's no president that can do that. There's no king who's ever lived on this earth that can do that. So with this announcement, born in a slop bucket, humility, I'm giving you the announcement that that person in the slop bucket, in the manger, is bringing peace on earth. That's how much majesty and control I have as God sending my son to you. I've seen some radical birth announcements in my time. You go to YouTube, you can look at some weird and odd and creative people doing crazy things with their family. I remember the joy uh, that I was holding on to my whole life, really, but especially the, the nine months that before JC, my daughter, was being born, I couldn't wait. I was going to be the messenger. I was going to be the one to bust through the doors and and tell everybody the news. We didn't know uh, what the gender was going to be. We, it was, was going to be a surprise to us. And, and uh, before J.C. was being born, there was, the doctor noticed some distress going on. And so they rushed her into a emergency C-section. And as they were bringing J.C. out, there was the cord that was wrapped around her neck three times. And I was like, I went from this horrible shock to the doctor rescuing her and saving her and she has a perfect life and it seemed like it was all like a minute it ended up being a pretty lengthy time and once she gets cleaned up and I hold her and I tell Kelly and everything's great I'm now thinking haha here's my moment I'm the dad I get to go out with some news how can I make this and I was like no just give them the facts if I try to make it creative I'm gonna cry and I walk out and I share I get to share two news now right I get to share she's healthy and she's a she bust through the doors, see everybody there, they're all looking at me, and I'm like, it's my moment, here it is. I say, she's okay, she's a girl, and they just don't react at all. She's looking. <laughs> like, what? what's going on here? Like, like, something's wrong. And then I learned that the doctor actually made it through the doors before me, 
and gave them the news because they're worried. I don't, I mean, I was a little mad, but, you know, stole my thunder a little bit. What's interesting about this announcement here, if you look at my Bible, this announcement in Luke 2 is here. This announcement is made all through the Old Testament. There were people coming before, before, before saying, here's what's happening, here's what's going to happen, here's what's going to happen, it's coming, it's coming. And even in this moment, like how do you top all the prophets? How do you top Isaiah and what he did? How do you top Ezekiel? How do you top all of those things which were declared and which was happening? You top it by sending an angel with his host of angels and you declare the majesty of the birth of a baby in a slot bucket. That's how you do it. And it didn't get old. It never got old. It's still the same announcement that we make today. And it's a good, beautiful announcement of his majesty. Why this much attention? Because, remember what the Walters read in that passage? It is the announcement that we see in verse 23 of chapter 1 of Matthew. The virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which means something amazing. It means God with us. This announcement is grand because it is the announcement that for the first time, the majesty of the heavenly realm has taken on the form of humility to be with you. It's an announcement that should be celebrated. It's an announcement that should be sung. It is the announcement of the majesty of God with us. And so, let's go back to our text in Philippians. That's what Paul's doing. The announcement in Matthew is before Christ came. The announcement in Luke is the day Christ came. The announcement in Philippians is Paul saying back to the Philippians, this is what happened and this is what's happening right now. And so we just read earlier, existing in the form of God, he didn't consider equality with God as something to be exploited. He emptied himself. He took the form of a servant. He became obedient. He humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And then we have these amazing words, verses 9 through 11. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. As Paul writes this Philippian announcement to them, he's saying the Savior, the Messiah, the God that was with us did his work. And he has now returned to his rightful position. This Philippian announcement is saying that there's coming a day 
This is important for us to hear. There's coming a day when every knee will bow. Not just the shepherds. Not just Mary. And not just Joseph giving in to the, giving in to the plan. Not just the wise men bringing gifts. Every knee will bow. Not just the angels, every knee in heaven. Not just the church, every knee that's right here on earth right now. But those who have rejected him, those who are enemies of him, under the earth, they too will have their knees bowed to God and Christ, declaring him at Lord. So, as every one of those knees are bowing, they will not be able to keep their tongues from saying, Jesus Christ is Lord. This is the announcement of the majesty of God. And I wanted us to begin Advent by recognizing the humility of Christ with joy. You don't understand the humility of Christ until you fully can comprehend the majesty of Christ. We have to understand this to understand the humility. I want us to begin Advent by recognizing the humility of Christ with joy because we, we, when we do that, we do that by recognizing the exaltation of Christ well. So we have announcements of the humiliation of Christ. We have an announcement of the majesty of Christ all wrapped up in these three stories and these words. Now I have an announcement to you as we prepare ourselves for communion together. I want to ask you, have you heard this announcement that God has made, that God has come to us? Have you really heard it? This isn't a time to be thinking, how can I close things up and get ready for us to go? No, this is the time for you to think, is this the announcement that I have really heard? This is the point of Advent, that you hear this announcement. This is the point of Christmas. That God came to be with us with a purpose. Have you heard and have you understood this announcement that the angels have made when we read Luke chapter 2? That God came to be with us with a purpose? To be the Savior. To be the Deliverer. To bring the one who's giving you peace. Is there a disconnect between you and God that you're not experiencing that peace? My announcement to you is, hear it again. The majesty of God, the humility of Christ, for your peace, for your joy. Have you heard the message of Paul to the church in Philippi? That the Son of God humbled himself to be born as a human, as a baby, to die on a cross to save us. And he is highly exalted forever and ever and ever. And there's coming a day that everyone, everyone ever, <laughs> will bow. 
And whatever excuse that we try to give for that moment, well, but it was hard to do this right. And I didn't really want to follow you here, Christ. I didn't want to really do this well. This is, God, you just didn't understand what's I'm going through here. In that moment, all that's going to happen is a bowed knee and a confessed tongue. So Advent is for us to say, I want to do that now. I want to do it all season. I want to bow to his lordship. Whatever you say, God, I will do. Wherever you go, I want to go. Because you're the Lord. You're the Lord. So my invitation to us today is that we believe these announcements. We declare them this morning that Jesus Christ is our Lord. That we don't just say it and then we go act a certain way that ignores everything that he says is Lord. That we go and live out the Lordship of Christ. That he is Messiah, that he came to save us. And so because we believe he is reigning, he's the king of majesty, we will conduct our lives and our walk and our families accordingly. You're in charge, God. You always have been. You always will be. This is the joy of Advent for us. That he humbled himself, not just to obey, but to obey to the point of death. To bring you peace. And you might be here this morning saying that you need more. You don't. It's a lie from another announcer. The thief comes and he wants to steal, he wants to kill, and he wants to destroy Advent season in your life. He hates these announcements. He hates you, but he hates these announcements more than he even hates you. He wants to distort them. He wants to say, there's no peace. There's no joy. Let's take communion today. And here's what I want us to do as we pray about these things. I want you to ask, God, do I really believe you're majestic? Ask him that. Do I really believe that you're majestic? And do I really believe that you came humbly to do all this for my joy and my peace? And if the answer is yes, that you do believe that, then right around ask him this. God, what do I need to change in my life right now to know this peace, to live out this joy? Show me. Let's go to the Lord now in prayer. God, for some, this has been a great year. It's been filled with 
great moments and pleasures and joy and testimonies and thrill after thrill after thrill. But for others, this has been a year filled with pain, confusion, I pray that no matter what has happened, that you will not allow the enemy anymore from this day forward to steal, to kill, or destroy your announcement that you came to bring us peace. I pray for those who need to change, that God, you will change them, that you will allow them to recognize the lies from the enemy, that you will allow them to see the beautiful truth of the gospel, and that when we take communion here, we will with integrity and joy take the bread and say thank you for coming humbly to me. And we will take the juice and we will say thank you for the majesty, the royal blood that was spilled for me. And God, that you will be glorified by our moment of worship right now. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen. Amen.